You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G network. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bella's Podcast. Yes, welcome back. Bree and I are super excited because we are back to recap the latest episode of Total Bella's. And we have a special episode for you today because we have two super inspiring guests on our show. Oh, I cannot wait to hear their stories. All right, here we go. Happy Wednesday, Bella Army. I'm Bree. And I'm Nicole. And this is the Bellas Podcast. As promised, you've watched them in the last three episodes of Total Bellas. Papa Bella is here. Ooh, is he bringing the drama or the inspiration? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what that means. It's time for opening up. So let's pop that bottle. All right, everyone. So today we are opening up with some yummy, sparkling cucumber limeade. Brie and I have really been on a massive cucumber kick. We have the same pregnancy cravings. It's crazy. But to make it a mocktail is perfect for the springtime and perfect to start sipping on as we recap the latest episode of Total Bellas. Oh my gosh. So Nicole, I have to ask, between Total Bellas and being in quarantine, how much have you thought about alcohol? Um, am I allowed to say more than twice a day? <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'm not alone. No, you are not alone, sister. But I will sip this mocktail and pretend there's something fun inside. So wow. What a journey. If you guys missed the latest episode of Total Bellas, make sure to catch up. You could catch up on the E app, on your DVRs on E, or head to Hulu. Um, But we took a journey down memory lane. Um, The story continued of Bree and my mom and us wanting to reconnect with our father. And we went to Brawley, California, and that's where we grew up a little bit in our childhood. And 
all our families from. And it was really fun because we took Artem, Artem Birdie and my mom came along and it was fun to show Artem all, you know, the spots that you and I like grew up at as kids, kindergarten, first and second grade. And now we ran into our babysitter, by the way, that was all real. That was not set up. Cause I know people question reality TV. My mom literally looked across the street and goes, I swear that was your babysitter when you guys were young. And we were like, no way. Always still sitting on the same porch. Like, how beautiful was I that? I mean, I was mind blown. And she still looks the same, by the way. Yeah. And how funny was it when she told me, whoa, you've gotten really skinny. Like, you look a lot bigger on TV. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that made me laugh. That made me laugh, too. And we didn't get to show it. And, Brie, we have to post some photos and videos. But it was really fun stopping at Glamis before we entered Brawley. I feel like so many people don't really know about Glamis. It's sand dunes in the desert that look like what you would find in Egypt. Like beautiful white sand. Beautiful just white miles sand. miles and miles and miles of it. Yeah, it's just so fun. And then we ended up in Mexicali, which you have to tell everyone the story of why you couldn't make it to Alexia's school. Well, so what happened is um, I... <laughs> I didn't have a good passport on me. So when I was coming back home late at night, I got to birdie to birdie because you guys all saw I went back home to birdie. But in my head, I was like, okay, I'll wake up early the next morning, head to Alexia's school and um, be there with Nicole and Artem and my dad and Anna. So I got stuck at the border because a long time ago, I did report this passport stolen because I couldn't find it. And I had to go on a WWE trip. Well, what we did is when I did find that passport, I never called the passport agency back to tell them I found it. So think I'm coming through the border and I have a, what they think a stolen passport. I get questioned, all this stuff. They take my passport. And I was like, wait, that's the only passport I have. And they're like, sorry. So I wasn't allowed to go back to Mexicali the next day because um, they took my passport at the border. So I was oh. super bummed out. She was. We we all were bummed. And they didn't show that night. Um, they actually took us out. And we had so much fun. We went to the spot that had mariachis and such amazing Mexican food. And we went out and drank and danced. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but we only had one cruise. So, you know, you, they can only union-wise. We, they couldn't hang all night with us. But I have to say, and we're about to bring my dad on. And um, we wanted him to come on to the podcast. But... It's been quite a journey, and Brie and I have been hesitant of showcasing this on reality TV because it's been a difficult journey for Brie and I. Um, our relationship with our father has been rocky since we've been 15 years old, and we're about to be 37 in November. So if you do the math, it's been a long time. Um, but we have seen the changes in my father in the past few years, and they've been incredible. And Brie and I always believe that People deserve second chances, especially when it's family. You have that unconditional love, but you have to give them that other chance. And Brie was more open to it the past few years than I was. It's taken me a while. And then the E-Network really wanted us to showcase it because they knew what we were going through in our real life. Like when you're on reality TV, the people that you work with, they actually really know what's happening in real life. And they really wanted us to showcase this. And it was difficult for my mom. And as, and as you saw, it was difficult for her filming and to even say yes and it was difficult for us, but we all knew that maybe we could help people out there because so many people go through it. And I have to say, all of your responses on Twitter 
Whoa. We even got text messages from the network, from the production company that night. Like, wow, what an amazing response. Right. And Nicole and I really wanted to bring our dad onto the podcast um, today because we feel it's really important to show like on reality television, you see us reconnect, but to also hear his side of the story and kind of hear the reasons why he knows that there was dysfunction in our relationship, why we had missing time. and Right. And that whether you're a recovering drug addict or whether you feel like you've done harm to others mentally, hopefully not physically, but if it's been there, um, you can always change your life around. Just because you have done bad doesn't mean that life is over and I can never be a good person again. You can be a good person again. And if you truly change and you want the change, people around you will forgive you. And for the ones who have been hurt, we are trying to open up people's eyes to forgiveness and, and to see and feel like, be brave, take that step of the people that hurt you and, and see if you can forgive them and just know it makes your life so much better. So without further ado, here's our dad, John Garcia. All right, you guys. So you've all been waiting for it. We've been talking so much about him. And we're so excited because we have our dad on our podcast. Welcome, dad. How's it going? Good. How's Mexico going? Mexico? uh, Well, it's it's a little quiet for being Mexico here. Uh, As you know, with the pandemic, it's affected everybody. And here in Mexicali, where I'm at, uh, it's definitely hit hard already. But uh, being that I'm a traveler, I'm spending time with uh, my wife and and your siblings. Oh, that's awesome. I know it's so crazy just being in the States. You're in Mexico and we're all going through the same thing. It's crazy that the whole world is feeling each other's pain. I know. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know it's 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 hard because it's it was unexpected. But you know, I, I feel that the best thing to do is really respect everything they're telling us to do. Just stay at home and and, and let this just pass through us, you know, and uh, so we can get back uh, to our busy lives. And uh, so I, I just believe in doing that, and um, it's hard, but here we are doing it. Right. Exactly. Amen. I agree with that. I agree. So, Dad. Um, because it's your first time on the podcast and first time seeing you on Total Bellas, which we'll get into Total Bellas. But first we thought, you know, that could be really fun for our listeners is one, your thoughts on Brie and I's career so far and how public we are. Just, you know, from dad's point of view about all that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like exciting and it's, it, I can't believe it sometimes. I see you guys on TV I see everything that you guys have accomplished and it's like, wow. And um, so it's hard because in the beginning of it all, I just wasn't so part of all that. And, um, and of course I only have myself to blame for that, but yet here, my daughters, uh, they they still work through all that and, and still manage to be successful and not only with uh, the wrestling, but, you know, with uh, all your businesses, you know, everything else, uh, your ventures that you're doing and, and that you're accomplishing as of today. So um, that is very exciting. And, and and for a father, I mean, it's quite a blessing. So I, it's very, very exciting for me and very proud, very proud of you girls. No, oh, thank, thank you. you. Th- thank you, Dad. And, you know, 
everyone did see you on like the first season of Total Divas, but that was seven years ago. But I love now that they're starting to just understand like our relationship and to see us, you know, rekindle our relationship and then understand and just to see that like, yeah, we do have a dad. He exists because <laughs> for so long the world didn't know who you were and if you were in our lives. But um, I have to say the last three episodes of Total Bellas, the one thing I really love is everyone getting to meet you. Yeah. And uh, and yes, and I I have been in your lives. I have been in your life since you girls were born. And uh, unfortunately, your mom and I, uh, you know, we split up and uh, went our own ways. And uh, I think after, well, I don't think I know that after uh, I left home, um, I uh, found myself in a very bad situation with an addiction of drugs, um, one that uh, it numbs you. It uh, puts you in a state where no matter what's around you, it's you're in a whole different place. So that first episode you saw a while back, I was just getting back on my feet. I mean, I had just hit rock bottom, and I was just getting back on my feet. And I've been sober over 10 years. I'm almost to 11 years sober. So, you know, it's nothing recent. Uh, our relationship was rocky because there wasn't no consistency. And that consistency wasn't in my part because I was still learning. I was still learning the reality of life. I was still learning that I had to accept my wrongdoing. I had to even apologize my background, my past of all, all the bad things that happened to me in my life so that I can then have a clear mind on uh, then my situation because I blamed everything on everything that ever happened to me. Poor me, what happened to me in my past. Well, all that was meant to be, all that was my strength that has brought me to where I am. So I suffered as a child. I did. I didn't realize it until I was older. But now that I have forgiven the past and those that did bad to me and hurt me, I'm such a happy man because now then I work on me today and say, okay, John, let's work on you today now. Okay, we got that out of the way. What can I do to make me better? What can you do to be a better father? Well, I'll tell you what it takes. It takes consistency. It takes me to be me every day, that same person, and not worry, man, is dad going to go back again? Is dad going to go back again? Well, no. And dad hasn't gone back. Dad has proven himself to you girls, and that's all that matters. So you see the new Jonathan. You're going to see him on the new episodes coming up. That's me today. I'm a real dude, man. This is me who I am today. You're going to get to see my girls come for the first time to my home in Mexicali to, to be with my wife, Anna, and their siblings. And it was such a beautiful and historical. And for the record, yes, Artem came to Mexico for the first time, and he came to see Papa John right here. <laughs> so I am the first guy that took him around Mexico. So, Artem, you're never going to forget me, baby. That's right. And, Dad, how was it seeing yourself on reality TV and even seeing, like, Anna on there and Alexia and Ezekiel? How was that? Well, besides seeing myself how handsome I am, well, let you're me You're crazy, you're and, crazy. And how beautiful my wife is. She um, is. It was such a blessing because, you know what, when I see you guys come over, 
Those are reminders, honey. Those are reminders. Those are things that tell you, Jonathan, you're doing good in life because good things are coming back at you. And I'll tell you, that's what it is. Do good, good things come back. It is funny, and you know this. For so long, Nicole and I were so scared to come into Mexicali and just hearing all these things. But to be able to come in and experience how you live, how your family is, and just all like the culture, it just was so refreshing. And I don't know. It just really made my heart so happy. You mean you were never poisoned by food when you were here? Amazing. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something about Mexico. I've been here 10 years now living in Mexicali. I've not seen anything different than the other side. And I'm always trying to tell people that it's uh, no matter where you're at, what country you're at, you respect and you're going to receive respect back. So and, and that's the same thing here. And you know what? You I was so glad that you girls came because that's what I wanted you guys to see. Um, when we went out uh, to Los Remedios uh, to listen to the mariachi and everything, I think, Nicole, there, you got a sense. You, you, you kind of felt, you know, you felt secure. You felt good. And, right. uh, and I saw that in you. You, were, you and Artem were just enjoying yourselves. And I'm glad you did. Mexico is... Um, to me, it's a very, very special country. It's where my grandma came from uh, after my mother abandoned me. She took over a poor little lady from Mexico and uh, raised my brother and I. And um, and I just wanted you girls to also have that pride of being Mexican, you know. I mean, on Sundays, man, here people see each other. They're with each other, with family. You know, the United States doesn't have that anymore, you know, where they meet, where they go see their mom and dad every Sunday and stuff like that. And there's a lot out here, and I'm glad you came. I'm glad you got to see where I live. And uh, you guys were worried, I, well, Dad, is he going to be in the little shack or something over there? And but <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. When you work hard, you know, and I've worked so hard, and that's something I've never stopped doing is working hard. And uh, right. And this is what I get when I work hard. I have a beautiful home, and I've earned it. And here yeah. I am. I, I definitely agree. I know I was so bummed that the cameras couldn't come later that evening when we saw the mariachis and with Artem. So, Dad, I know our listeners would love to hear, but what are your thoughts on Artem? Because, you know, the past two episodes of Total Bellas that everyone has seen, um, they got to see you meet Artem. And everyone got a good laugh when you asked them, like, if this was a real relationship or not. And then um, just getting to know him even better in Mexicali. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason I asked that, honey, is only because I, I'm very, very uh, protective. Like, I, for you and Brianna, I was very protective since you guys were born. You know that. When people mess with you at school, your daddy was the first one there to back you up. And uh, i just been very protective, even with your boyfriends and everything. And the way I always come on strong with them, I, I did the same thing with Artem. And when I saw Artem, I met him and I see him and everything. You know, to me, he's more of a family guy. The guy wants to have a child, you know. The guy loves to do stuff around the house. I just see the way he is. He's a family dude. And I know that's what you're hungry for. You're looking for your family, you know. And so that's what you're getting. But you know what? At the same time, I had to ask him, hey, man, is this going to be real? Or are you just going to dance around here for a little bit and then you're going to take <laughs> off? I thought it was great. I like that you asked him. I like yeah, that you asked him, too. A, a father has a right to do that. And the way I come up strong, well, that's, that's my upbringing. That's just the way I am. And, and, and it's the way I talk. And somebody one time commented on the, uh, one of the uh, comments on uh, Instagram said, yep, that's a Mexican dad for you. And that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yep, that's a Mexican dad for you. And um, 
I think the role of him, I really do. My wife, Anna, and I, and the kids, we all enjoyed him here. And uh, so one thing I relate with him so much is that, you know, he had a hard childhood, too. Uh, he had, a, you know, hard when he was young. He had to work hard to, to make it, you know, in today's world. And, and here he is, you know, Artem's here. And and so he came over here and he wasn't one of those to look at me to, you know, toe to head or look at my place or or down Mexico or nothing. He was so excited to be in Mexico. He really loved it. He was just curious to know about Mexico. He wants to know more. And I told him I want to bring him back. That's what I loved about him, that, you know, it's uh it, he said it's like a Russia, you know, Mexico, so much like Russia, you know, and it's true. So we really, uh, at least I hit it off with him. I I, I really enjoy Artem. And, and um, so he's very, very welcome. And um, and he's got me on his side. Aww. Well, and I, I think it's only fair then that the listeners get to hear your point of view about Brian, even though you've known Brian for a long time. Brian, very, very quiet, I tell you. Um, he's very <laughs> quiet. He's quite a gentleman. Um, but, uh, Brian and I have talked a lot about his relationship with his father and, and, you know, the way he, he was brought up and definitely just different, uh, from our upbringing. I mean, we're just crazy Mexicans. I mean, and, uh, he didn't have it like that. I think their life was a little more quiet. Uh, we watched a football game, the playoffs together and, um, you know, and it's, it was kind of quiet. It's a little too quiet for your daddy because, you know me, I don't stop talking, man. But you know what? What won me over that that gentleman is that um, the way he treats you, the way he adores you, Brianna, and the the love he has for his family and his, his child and, and you guys, his future child coming. I mean, it, he's a you got a winner, you know, you got a winner in town. <laughs> and, uh, I do. So that's what that's what you have, and that's what I think of Brian. I respect him for who he is and how he is, and I hope he, you know, same thing. You know, he's just got to get used to me being that crazy guy. So, um, in a good way, and um, and and but yes, I do respect that. And and there's nothing more to know as a father that your daughters are being treated right. And you know what, what Brian is doing and what Artem is doing. It's so obvious. It's so obvious that they really respect uh, you girls and uh, adore you girls. And they're just going to be just, uh, well, Brian already is a great family man. And and Artem, it's a no-brainer. That's coming up. So, But uh, I'm very, very proud of both of you for having selected the men you have and and for having them in your life. And, And all that to me is just putting me in just more and more of a positive atmosphere because that's all I work for now. It's just positive atmosphere, positive, everything positive, man. You know, so if they talk about me and they talk about my past, go for it, man. But I have a wall around me that protects me. And that wall, when I come out of that wall, it's when I come into your house, Brianna, or I come into your house, Nico, because I feel that just positive atmosphere, that energy. And, and that for you, two girls and for myself, it's what's going to make this relationship so much stronger as we're still working on it. You know, nothing's ever, oh, it's there now. It's perfect. Nothing's perfect. Uh, you always got to work on it. And um, and we're getting there. You know, we're staying, cons- well, I'm staying consistent the way it should be. And uh, little by little, it's going to be. So 
Um, proud to have you guys. So proud to have you guys. And my prayers, my prayers always go out. And I always pray for mom and I always pray for JJ. And, uh, you know, we're just going to walk that straight path, keep walking forward, and and hopefully things will change someday. But for now, we're just going to keep going like we are with you two girls and your man in your life. And uh, we're already in a good start with all this. I agree, Dad. And I just love how you do use the word consistency because that is so key. And, you know, to all of our listeners out there, um, we're so excited that you finally get to meet, I guess we can call him Papa Bella, um, (laughs) which Bertie calls him Tata. You'll get to see more of our dad, too, on this season of Total Bellas. So there's more of Papa Bella to come this season. And thank you so much, Dad, for coming on the podcast. I know everyone's been dying to hear from you. And you're just the stuff you say in your journey has just been so inspiring. So Keep on inspiring people. Yes. And that's what it's all about. I don't care about me. I don't care that, oh, who I am. It's about the message that I can send out. Because you know what? Fathers out there, if you guys were a shitty father at one time, don't worry about all that, man. Just stand back up. Get back up, man. And just believe and know that you can make a difference. Because our children love us unconditionally, regardless. But they just have to see that change in you guys, man. And girls, don't ever, anybody out there, kids, don't listen to anybody, man. If you want to, go find your dad. Do it. I, I went and found my mom after 25 years, after she abandoned me. I went and looked. And as a matter of fact, your mom was with me, girls. And she's my witness. I went and looked for her. And she didn't want me again. She rejected me again. But you know what? I just still wanted to go and, and have a relationship with her. And it didn't work out. But you know what? You never know. Look at where I'm at today. I'm blessed. God gave me these twins right here. I'm blessed. So there's nothing I can cry about. Life is good. The past is gone, man. What about today is what matters and tomorrow. That's all. So we're good. Y para todos los que hablan español, les quiero dar una bendición a cada uno de ustedes. Gracias por apoyar a mis hijas. Se los agradezco mucho. Es una bonita historia la que tenemos nosotros como padre y hijas. Por favor, apóyalas en todo. Y yo también a ustedes, un gran abrazo y saludos a todos ustedes de aquí desde Mexicali, Baja California, México. Arriba los mexicanos, arriba los latinos. Amen, Dad. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you again, Dad, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I love you guys very much. We love you too. We love you too, Dad. Okay, bye-bye. Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry, to healthy, low-sugar condiments. Mm-hmm. 
everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations, Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one, one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house. Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having a company really care about the ingredients inside it, that's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Brie and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut and <laughs> in our eyes. Usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping. Ooh, that is the intense that I like. Intense heat, lasting plump. From the hot new Lifter Plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, Lifter Plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot. Some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part? Mm-hmm. It works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, 
and caramel macchiatos so you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla. I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing is every time our dad comes to visit, he calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this and I can't wait to hear what dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Welcome back to our segment, Dear Bellas, where we give Bella-style advice to our listeners. Because who needs Abby when you have two Bellas? <laughs> That's right. And here's today's question. Hi, Bellas. My name is Paris, and um, I've had a lot of issues with my father, as well as you guys have in your past. And I've been with a single mom. However, I have never been able to express that to her, how I felt about wanting to reach out to him again and becoming kind of like a part of his life. So I'm just wondering if you guys had any advice because I had just watched the last episode of um, Total Bellas and I just wanted to know if you guys had any advice on trying to talk to your mom about that. Thank you. Thank you, Paris, so much for calling in. That's such an amazing question. And I'm just so happy that so many of you really connected to this latest episode of Total Bellas, um, because that's the reason we really put our hearts and souls out there. And I'll admit, it's definitely difficult um, to go to your mom and ask for this, but you have to remember that it's your life. And if you're craving that reconnection, you should do it. And I think it's just explaining to your mom, being so honest and transparent of how you feel and like what you think about and what you truly feel like your soul is craving. And it's your mom. Your mom loves you unconditionally and is going to love you no matter what. And I think if you're so honest to her about what your heart is yearning for, that she's going to be there for you. I agree. And you guys all saw on the last couple episodes where myself going to my mom um, kind of turned into an argument, turned into a fight. And maybe in the moment, I kind of only felt my pain. I didn't feel my mom's pain either. Like we both have pain. We both are dealing with it differently in our lives. So Paris, I just want to let you know, like your pain might be at a different level than your mom's pain and your understanding. And that's what happened is where I'm at in my life. I wanted to let go of anger and just like having this weight on my shoulders, just knowing like I have my dad out there, but yet we're not talking. I wanted to let go knowing that it could hurt my mom, but at the same time I needed that in my life. And I finally pulled the trigger because at 36 years old, I was like, I got to start doing things for me instead of for everyone else. And so, um, I did. And I really feel like 
when you open up and you start to project positive energy and you start to let go, your mom is eventually going to feed on that. I, I already see it with my mom. And I think, you know, why let this negativity, this dark cloud live over our heads? Let's all just start bringing in the sunshine. And maybe Paris, you're the one to make that step for your family. And Nicole and I just want to give you a lot of courage or we want to give you the vibes to have a lot of courage to be brave because you have to be, because it is scary. And just know you have the Bellas. You saw how it was for us on TV. It's so funny because Brian, when he was watching Nicole, he goes, you did look really tired. And I go, Brian, I wasn't even tired from birdie because that's usually all the time. I was tired from the stress of having to ask my mom and tell her and talk about our book and this chapter. It's crazy what stress will do to you. But I'm not kidding. Weeks after, I felt so much better. Started sleeping so good. I felt relieved. And I want that for you, Paris. Definitely. Because, you know, we always hear so much about forgiveness. And sometimes I feel like because we've heard about forgiveness as a child, it's kind of like vegetables, right? Like, you're just like, no, peas really don't do anything good for me. You just force me to eat them. And I feel like as adults, sometimes we feel that way with forgiveness. And when you have forgiveness in your heart and you forgive the people that have hurt you, it only helps you be better. It only makes your soul happier and sets you free. So go do it, Paris. Talk to your mom. Speak from the heart. Be brave. You're going to have that courage. I know it. And then Forgive your father and build that relationship. And I think you are going to realize like, wow, this really is going to bring happiness to my heart. So thank you so much, Paris, for your question and being brave and calling in. And for anyone else, if you want a chance to hear from us, give us a call at 833-Q-Bella. And now it's time for someone who is so inspiring. She has a beautiful story. And yes, I found her on Instagram and went real deep into her Instagram and became friends with her through DMs. But um, we are so excited to have on the show, Ruthie Lindsay, and to hear her story about her new book, There I Am. You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes, the sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I'm totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe. Bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home and beauty inspired by real life, Walmart. Be it bold swimwear or graphic beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear, or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. All right, everyone. We are so excited because Nicole and I just love when people come on to our podcast, they open up, they tell their story. 
You are going to love Ruthie. Her story's powerful. She has a new book coming out, and we are so excited she is going to be talking to us. So help us welcome Ruthie Lindsay. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just, I'm so excited to uh, get to chat with y'all and to share the space with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We're so excited to have you on and we're so excited for your new book. There I am. Thank you. I am. I'm excited. It's, you know, been working on it for about, they're a little over three years. So it's wild to, finally get to put it out in the world. It's a, it's a weird time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with the global pandemic and all the things. Um, but I feel like really the timing is perfect. You know, it's a story about uh, my life turning upside down and looking nothing at all, like what I expected and it being, um, really painful and a lot of loss and a lot of trauma and how to find like hope and healing and, joy, um, despite all that. So I think that'll be really applicable for where (laughs) the world is in this crazy, crazy time. I agree. And you know, Ruthie, I, I've, I'm halfway through your book right now. And I have to say, I got teary eyed at a lot of parts, but the one thing I do think people will resonate with is right now there is this uncertainty of like, when is life going back to normal or is this our new life and do we have to adapt? And I do think your book speaks volumes to how people are living right now, because if this is normal now to be able to experience social distancing and having to stay inside more and figuring out work, your story does inspire people because I mean, when you get her book, you'll see, but at 17 years old, Ruthie was in a car accident and it was a car accident where they didn't think she was going to survive. She had 5% chance of survival, 1% chance of walking. And you have to see this woman to this day. And it wasn't just one accident. It's kind of crazy how your whole life you've dealt with pain. And how many surgeries have you actually gone through? So when I was, like you said, when I was a senior, um, the ambulance hit me on my car door And so when I broke um, the top two vertebrae in my neck, then it was like, you said like really miraculous that I was here and walking. Um, And they had a surgery for me then where they, um, after I was off life support and the whole thing, they took bone from my hip and fused it into my neck. And back then, like the practice was to use wire for spinal cord fusions. That was just the normal thing. So I, you know, I left the hospital after like a month and besides having a neck brace, I kind of went back to life as normal. I um, was a senior in high school. I was able to go back to school after Christmas. It happened on November 2nd, which was my dad's birthday. And I was super lucky to be like young and healthy and have, you know, all of that on my side. So I kind of, I mean, looking at me, you never know, like all my scars are hidden by clothing, um, or by my hair, like you would just never know. And I went back to normal life. If I danced too much, I would like get sore, but I was very, um, I felt pretty disassociated. Like it almost felt like it had happened to someone else. And I would talk about it in like third person and I'd say, Oh yeah, it was way harder on my family and my friends. I was on life support. I didn't even know what was happening, you know? And I was very removed from it, which I think, you know, with trauma, so often we do disassociate to survive. It's actually a really loving thing that we naturally do to be able to (laughs) survive through horrible things. And so then, um, after college, I moved to Nashville 
met my first boyfriend and we were like, so trying to like live the little Christian Southern life and just so earnest and ridiculous. And we got married 10 months later because we felt guilty about having sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we were such little idiots and just young and, you know, hopeful and excited for our lives. And about a year into my um, marriage, I started having this like crazy pain started and it would shoot up my head and just be debilitating where I would feel like I was going to pass out or like I would fall down or I'd be left with this crazy migraine. And I remember the first time it happened, I literally thought that I had been shot or um, struck by lightning because it was that intense, you know, and I'd never experienced pain like that. And I started going to all these doctors and every time I'd see a new doctor, they'd be like, oh, that's just, um, they'd give me to do a film and the film would come back and there'd be this black spot on the film and they'd be like, oh, that's just the magnet, the machine interacting with the wire from your spinal cord fusion, but everything around it is totally fine, you know? And so they started me on all these therapies and nothing helped. And so then they started me on pretty heavy narcotics because I was just not functional and I was in so much debilitating pain and I just didn't want to hurt all the time. So of course I took whatever they suggested, you know, and that started me on this path. I mean, I was not able to work. I wasn't able to show up as a partner, as a sister, as an aunt, as a friend. Um, I just literally lived in my bed and I watched TV and I ate my feelings and I took these drugs and that went on for uh, almost five years. Um, wow. and it was just, yeah. I mean, can you imagine how hard that would be for a partner? Like Right. That I would just, be so tough. That would be and tough. And neither of us knew how to handle it. You know, we were so young and, you know, we went into it. I mean, he married a really healthy, happy, <laughs> smiley girl. And then, I mean, a year later, I just, I was not functional. And finally, this one doctor, I mean, I'd seen so many doctors at that point, but finally this one doctor was like, I can't tell you what's going on until I see what's under that black spot. And so basically um, he ha had me do this $50 x-ray and it showed that one of the wires from my previous spinal cord fusion had broken and pierced into my brainstem. Oh my god! Oh my and they were like, you know, I shouldn't, um, be speaking. I shouldn't be alive. I shouldn't have brain functioning. I shouldn't have like be able to walk. Um, I am the only person in the world that's ever had that. Uh, you know, I'm so, I'm so lucky to be here. I mean, it was just terrifying. And I felt like this ticking time bomb. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you know, if I turn my head, I could be paralyzed or if I fall or, you know, I was so scared. The surgery was super, super high risk of, um, paralysis and all the things. But if I didn't do it, I was absolutely gonna end up, you know, either dead or paralyzed. And, and so we had to do it, but, um, it was a pre-existing injury. And so insurance wouldn't cover it. So a few weeks after we found out about it. Um, my dad, who I called uh, Papa, he was coming to visit me to tell me that he was going to sell our farm so that I could have the surgery because insurance um, wouldn't cover it. And 
on his way, he stopped to visit our Amish friends because like, y'all, he plowed our garden with a mule. Like he oh was so gosh. country. <laughs> that is so cute. Really All is. of it. Y'all, you would die. Like this man, I'm telling you, he was just this larger than life, brightest, most magnetic, like his eyes like glowed. And I'm telling you, if he walked in a room, you would just want to be in his presence because it felt so good. And Every time we leave him when we were children, I have older brothers, he'd say, I love you so much. Remember your manners and always look out for the little guy. And like, that was his thing. He wanted us to notice the person that everyone else missed or dismissed and like to enter in and to love that person and care for that person. Wow. I chose um, I mean, just so precious, you know? So we don't know exactly what happened when he was with our Amish friends because he was alone at the time, but I get a phone call that he had fallen down a flight of stairs and they were airmatting him to Vanderbilt where I live in Nashville because that was the closest hospital. Um, and he ended up passing of brain damage. It was actually just the anniversary um, this last week. And it was, it was just such a massive loss. Like it wasn't just a loss for like me and my family, but for our whole community because of the way that he showed up and impacted so many lives. And we didn't even know half of it. Like what was so precious is my godfather ended up setting up this medical fund in my dad's honor. And people started coming out of the woodworks and being like, your dad bought my prom dress. Your dad sent me on my senior trip. Your dad uh, paid my rent. Your dad sent me to school. I mean, we did not have much at all y'all like at all but my dad like my, my godfather was like yeah he would take out loans so that he could do these things at the bank and so this crazy amount of money was raised so that I was able to have this like life or death spinal cord fusion um and his dream was to like you know do this for me and he did by the way he had like showed up and loved people um and it was just such a I don't know, like such a gift to be his daughter, you know, yeah, like, it sounds so, like a saint. Uh, I mean, living angel. Yeah, truly. I, I feel that way. And I just made a really long story for the question you asked me. No, but, but then <laughs> I had to do another answer. surgery because, you know, we had to get that wire out. And basically I ended up being pursued by all these doctors. Cause y'all, I mean, doctors like get off on being the first one <laughs> to, yes, to do it, you know? <laughs> They like get real excited about that stuff. So I ended up um, having to meet with tons and tons of doctors, but I ended up choosing Mayo and this like top orthopedic surgeon and top neurologist did it together. And they were like, you know, we hope this will help with your pain, but we're doing this to like keep you walking, keep you alive, keep you on, on planet earth. Um, and so we did the surgery and they ended up taking bone from my other hip, removing the wire that was in my brainstem, and then refusing it with titanium screws because wires break. <laughs> it was a really traumatic time. I just wanted my dad, you know, and um, but I left there um, after a little over a week with my head shaved again, another neck brace and the wire, like literally in my hand, I was holding it and I walked out. Um, but I ended up getting pretty severe nerve damage from that surgery. And so the shooting pain did stop, but then my whole right side just felt like it was completely on fire, like 
at all times. And so I actually walked straight back to my bed and I went right back to living in my bed and watching TV and eating my feelings and taking all the drugs and just felt even more hopeless because I put all my hope in this one thing outside of me to like make me okay and to fix me and to make me better because I felt completely broken inside, you know, and, and it didn't, I mean, I was walking, but I was still in so much pain. And so I lived in my bed for two more years. Um, Finally, I, I mean, and this was seven, a little over seven years ago, I just had a complete a complete nervous breakdown. Like my whole, my marriage ended. Um, I had gotten really sick from this thing called C. diff and another surgery for endometriosis. And I was just so ill. And so my world just felt like it had fallen apart and I wanted to die and I stopped sleeping and I just crashed. I stopped being functional and I stopped being able to like take care of myself. I kept ending up in the emergency room and my husband was on tour in Australia. I ended up having to move home and it was so scary and so hard. And I felt so much shame, you know, cause I, I just had always been this like good kid and done everything right. And in my house, everything like on the outside mattered. So how people saw me really mattered. And I was just not functional. I was like a zombie and I was so ashamed of myself. And I would just think like how, which isn't true, but how my dad would have been ashamed of me. And I just had all these really self-limiting stories, just tormenting me. Honestly, my family were going to send me away to get help. And I cared so much what people thought that literally the next day I started weaning myself off all the drugs because I was like, no, you can't send me away. (laughs) And how old were you at the time? At that point, I was um, 32. I was 32. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I wanted to die. Like, I, I just remember thinking, like, if I could fall asleep and never wake up, what a gift that would be because I just don't want to be here. And I felt like I was just a burden to everyone around me and no one made me feel that way. That was my own story, you know, but I just felt so ashamed and, um, getting off of those drugs though, was like the best decision I ever made. Cause like narcotics are just, it's not for chronic conditions because you just need more and more and more and it. You become more and more of a shell because you can't, see straight, you know? And my brother, I remember him saying, babe, like you can lay in your bed and hurt all the time, or you can get up and be with people and try to love people and serve and like show up and, and hurt. And right now those are your only two options. And I was like, okay. You know, like it sounds so basic, but I'm like, yeah, okay. And so I, I remember like making this list of all the things that like I would need to do in a day. Cause I'm like, what do people do? I mean, y'all at that point, it was seven years. I, I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to show up to life. I, I remember watching my nephews. Cause I'm like, what do you do all day? I don't like, what do people do? You know? And I remember making this list of like, okay, if it's eight o'clock, you get out of bed, even if you haven't slept and you put your feet on the ground and you don't get back in this bed until it's dark outside. And I would scratch that off. And then I'd be like, brush your teeth. And I'd scratch that off. And I'd eat breakfast. I mean, literally, it was that basic. And I did that for a few weeks. And then I don't know if it was like 
my higher self, if it was my dad, if it was God, I mean, who knows, but something in me knew that I needed to make a list of all the things that I'd love to do before I had pain. So I like wrote this list down. I'm like, Ruthie, you love flowers. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't care about flowers. Like, yes, you do. You love flowers. And I was like, you, you love, um, sunsets. I don't care. I'm like, yes, you do. You love them. And I wrote, um, you love people. And I'm like, no, definitely don't like people. And I'm like, yes, you do. You love people. So each day I would make myself do something on that list of things. Cause up to that point, I hadn't done anything that I thought would cause my pain to be worse. And so I just, something in me knew that I had to start doing those things that like brought me joy. And I hoped, I hoped that it would ultimately, I would feel something again. I would feel emotions. Cause at that time, all I felt was like numb and dead inside, because when you numb hard things, you also numb every good and beautiful thing. Right. 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 And so all of a sudden, a few weeks into that, of doing these things each day, like I started feeling again, all of a sudden the sunset was like, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, cause I hadn't seen a sunset, you know, in like seven years. And I remember in that time hearing this quote, um, the deeper sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. And I was like, that is going to be my story. Like I'm going to get to experience joy on such a deep level because of this pain, if I don't try to numb it, you know, if I'm not trying to push it away and avoid it, I'm going to get to experience the depth of goodness and beauty on like this whole other level. And for your first question, I've had two surgeries. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and you know, the one thing that Nicole and I always just find so inspiring is the way that people can tell their story. And I just love the fact that you know, you went through a lot of hard times and we actually, we had my dad on the podcast earlier and, you know, he has a story too, where, you know, for him, he was struggling with drugs and unfortunately it broke our home up, but he finally figured out how to heal himself and feel alive again. And it's why we reconnected. And, you know, when I was reading your book and I was reading your stuff on your dad, that's what really made me teary eyed because I could tell you and your dad had such a deep, beautiful relationship. You know, my husband lost his dad too. And I was just like, these people who have these great relationships with their dad and they lose them, they can never talk to them again. And here, my dad's still alive and I w- I'm able to talk to him, but yet we went years, many, many years without talking. And it's really what hit me, but it was like what you said, my dad finally started to want to heal himself, which he had to do on his own. We all kept trying to push him our whole lives, but it took him to want to heal himself and he started to feel alive again. So I find it really profound you saying that because I feel like anyone who's going through something bad, it's like you have to want to heal on your own. And when you do, you will feel alive. Yes. And what's so hard is I, and I talk about this in the book, I look to so many things outside of me, like husband, fix me, make me better dad, fix me, make me better, help me. Doctors, help me, fix me, make me better. Surgery, help, you know, and I kept looking to these things outside of me to fix me instead of going inside and nothing. And that's been an ongoing lesson that I'm constantly 
getting to re-remember and learn that like, I can't change or fix anyone. The most loving thing I can ever do is do this healing work on myself and then go out and be a mirror of that for everyone. And like, that's the most radical thing that we can do in the world is to heal ourselves. And then that is liberating for the people and healing for the people around us because we can't fix anyone and no one can fix us. We just get to be supporters and mirrors and love and hold space for. But like, I will go in and I want to like manage things and control things. I'm like, no, that's actually not loving because then that person never learns how to actually heal themselves. And that's the only thing that actually works, you know? Oh, I agree. Thank you so much for coming on and Everyone, please, please, please. Her book is out, There I Am, by Ruthie Lindsay. You need to check it out. And you know, Nicole and I have a book coming out May 5th. I have to ask, did you write this book all by yourself? I had a a girl who worked with me who is literally... I could not have done it without her. She is such a dream. I would write stream of consciousness. As you heard, you asked me one question and I talked for... (laughs) Who knows how long, but I'm a stream of consciousness writer and thinker. And so I would write all that out and then she would edit it for me and like help me put it into form and put it into, I, I mean, there's no, literally there's no way I could have done this without her. She is a queen and just such a gift. It would not have happened. Yeah. Nicole and I got a ghostwriter because I was like, I don't know how writers do it. It's right. It's the worst. It is crazy writing a book. Isn't it like therapy? Because you have to relive everything. Yes, that's exactly what I said. I mean, you ultimately re-traumatize yourself going into these stories and having to be in it for so long. And it took me on a roller coaster ride. Like I can't even begin to tell you, but it was the most important thing I've done so far in my healing process. And it took me on the most beautiful, really hard, really important journey where it was like, I got to remember the things that were so right with me and not like what was wrong with me, where I had these stories that like, I thought I was broken and I thought my body hated me. And I'm like, this beautiful body that has been loving me and holding me and this divinity that lives inside of me. And we, you know, are created for healing. And I learned so much about like, the mind body connection and how like our bodies hold on to trauma. And so, I mean, my pain had been worse every year for 15 years and I believed that was the case forever. And then I started learning about how our bodies hold on to trauma, like emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. And the more I started processing and learning how to go back in and like really care for myself in those traumatic times, because our brains are so brilliant. They don't know time. Like our limbic brain has no concept of time. That's why you can be so triggered in your response to things that are like really hysterical. They're always historical old stories that we're just dredging up. And because it doesn't know time, like you can feel like you're right back in that thing that happened 30 years ago, right? But because our brains don't know time, it's so brilliant because we can go in and heal it as though it's right now. And the more I've been doing this healing work, like my pain is nothing like it was when I started this book, which is so amazing. And it's all from trauma work, which is incredible. And I think 
that's what's been just so beautiful and so encouraging. I'm like, this isn't my healing. Like this is for everyone. And I think we're also deserving of that, you know? Wow. We really are. All of us have trauma in such different ways, physically and mentally. And I just love that you give us the hope and the way of healing. Bree started your book. I finally have my copy and I can't wait to dive in. And after just hearing you speak, I am starting to dive in today. (laughs) Well, y'all are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so appreciative. Thank you too, Ruthie. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Yes. And a special thanks to our dad who came on and opened up and also a special thanks to Ruthie Lindsay for just telling her emotional story about healing. So inspiring. Thank you both for joining us on the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. I have to say I'm just beyond inspired and Ruthie. Wow. You're just, you are truly incredible. Make sure to tweet us your questions for Bella Army Q&A with the hashtag Bella's Podcast. And call 833-Q-Bellas to ask us for on-air advice in our segment, Dear Bellas. Please show us love by rating the show, leaving a review, and hitting subscribe. And we just launched a new Instagram exclusively dedicated to the Bella's Podcast, so make sure to follow us at the Bella's Podcast. Until next week, remember to stay fearless. And you always go Brie mode if you drink along with us. See you next Wednesday. And as Birdie likes to say, bye-bye.